Welcome. This is Charlie, and this is Kratom Sobriety, Episode 8. And happy Father's Day and a belated Mother's Day. I hope you have some time to spend with your children if you're a parent. If not, I hope you're just getting to get outside and enjoy the summer. Today we have Savannah, who's one of many people who found themselves hooked on the feel-free tonics that were widely sold at 7-Elevens and other places, what they found to be very a very highly addictive sort of mixture of Kratom and Kava. Before we get into that, I want to share a message I received on Instagram. Uh, B wrote, so I just wanted to let you know that I found your podcast last week. I'm struggling the hardest I have ever struggled with Kratom addiction. I'm slowly tapering, tapered from the shots to basic capsules. Each day I taper more. Your podcast is helping. I felt stupid and lost to be addicted to this gas station. Now I know there is a community and help. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, and I appreciate that. I have a uh, a clip from the Dopey podcast. This is from Dave talking with Dr. Drew about the dangers of kratom and the risk of cross addiction. I have a little bit more moderate view of kratom than Dr. Drew, but I appreciate his um, sounding the alarm because I think the the bigger issue is that um, Kratom is minimized and the risks that people face, especially if they have a, a addictive background, are really minimized, kind of hidden under the rug, so to speak. So with Dave's permission and fully crediting the Dopey podcast, here's the clip. Uh, what about Kratom? Oh, disaster. What's up with Kratom? Opiate, period, and opiate addicts trying to find a kinder, gentler, whatever, and end up in trouble. So I've, it, I've never seen it not end up in trouble. And and how come... For an addict, for an addict. If, if a regular person's using it, it's just mm, not good for them, you know. Have you seen any people with prolonged Kratom use and, and you know, uh, withdrawal and all this oh, stuff? Oh, terrible. Terrible. Where have you encountered it? I, I can't tell you. Because some of them are public figures and some of them are patient stuff, but I definitely various settings. And do you treat it the same way you treat anything else? Uh, I I would. I mean, I'm not running a treatment center right now. Uh, it, the problem is, people. Here's what I've encountered: people are like, well, this shouldn't be like this. Should be a big deal. I'm just going to stop it. And the withdrawal is very intense, and so they tend to try to do it on their own an awful lot. It can end up sick. It's become like a huge conversation in Dopey Nation, where all these people are switching to Kratom, and then they get super sick and they're going on Suboxone for the Kratom. It just seems like an endless revolving door. Cross addiction is cross addiction, man. Opiates are opiates. There will never be a non-addictive opiate or opioid, period. Well, is, if Kratom is an opioid, then how is this happening? Because they, they're sold the line of bullshit. They, of course, it's all denial and the usual you know, it's, it's sold in head shops. It's legal. How bad could it be? And look, so-and-so says it's great. He takes it all the time before he works out. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, it's perfect for the thinking, right? Isn't it? So I agree with the most of the sentiments in what Dr. Drew is saying there. You know, I do recognize that some people do find Kratom helpful and that it isn't a problem to them. I take them at their word, you know. I ask that they take us at our word <laughs> when Kratom um, messes up our lives, that it's a real thing <laughs> and stop gaslighting us like some kind of fake news on our part. <laughs> I want to read a couple of tweets from some other folks and got a lot of views. One was uh, 40,000. And these are some people that might not frame their problems with Kratom as an addiction. But they came to the same conclusion as us. One was from the Bowtied Biohacker. Quote, Kratom will trick you into thinking you are smarter and more productive. You are actually dumber, lazier, and making decisions you never make sober. There are safe ways to improve cognition and focus, but you can't avoid the pain of grinding. Just got to man up. And then in response to that, Sass Capo said, quote, Kratom is the ultimate trap. You'll be more productive and creative at first. 
Then you'll slowly get dumber without realizing. Then your life starts falling apart and you blame it on other stuff. Eventually, you realize once FUBAR and have to rebuild while going through withdrawals. Avoid in all caps. So many of us <laughs> have come to the same conclusion. And if you're uh, already quit, I hope this podcast is helping you stay quit. If you're considering leaving the leaf, hopefully you'll uh, find some resources here to uh, stick with your taper or make the jump and go cold turkey. And if you're just like abstinent curious, this podcast is for you. And even if you just want to learn more about what others go through when they struggle with Kratom, uh, hopefully you can learn things here. Before we get to the interview, I want to talk about um, the feel-free drinks from Botanical Tonics. An earlier episode, I talked about the lawsuit against them in California and the FDA, federal government, uh, sequestering uh, a bunch of their um, Kratom ingredients about a month ago. And the controversy is whether or not this company was not marketing their product properly, that they were obscuring the fact that it had Kratom in it. And in my experience with this product, when I went to some retail locations in my locality, suggested a to try um, the Feel Freeze because it was a kava drink. Hello, everybody. Today we have Savannah. She's a young professional and she told me for the first time I learned about this concept, it's called the fading effect bias. And she's going to explain that later on. Um, but she's well-read on addiction. How would you introduce yourself to the world? Hi, thank you for the introduction. I would say, you know, I'm 30 years old. I love the beach, being active outdoors. Um, I've been sober from alcohol for two years. And I can talk a little bit about that. I had like a progressive addiction with alcohol. Um, and I'm very close with my family. I have a fiance. I'm a huge animal lover and social person all around. And what was your first exposure to Kratom? So I first got sober from alcohol with the help of my therapist. I was in therapy for about a year because alcohol had created a lot of problems with my interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. And I realized through working with a professional that I was an alcoholic and a binge drinker. So to help myself get sober, I got really into reading books on addiction and listening to podcasts. Um, six months into being sober, I was served an Instagram ad. And it was this influencer that I re that I follow and support called the Skinny Confidential, and she was interviewing the owner of the Feel Free Kava Kratom Extract Herbal Plant Tonic Drinks Wellness Drinks, whatever you want to call it. And in this Instagram ad, she was like, "I drink this, and I went on a walk, and I had all these amazing ideas, and it was just so wonderful. I felt so creative, and I, I thought." That sounds cool. And I looked it up and I did see that there was Kratom in it. But the marketing of this product said, these are ancient plant medicine. We use the Kratom leaf in a way no one else does. That it's like mixed with the kava. It makes you really relaxed. Gives you energy. It makes you feel social without alcohol. It's a, an, another influencer called... Ben Greenfield says, oh, this is a great pre-workout. It's worth it to spend the money on this because you get an amazing workout and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, let me, um, I was interested. So I went and I bought it. And on the bottle, it said, drink half of a dose. And the influencer on the commercial had actually said she drank the whole bottle. 
So I drank half the dose and I went on a walk and I didn't really feel anything. And then I just finished the other half of the dose. And then I went out to dinner with my fiance. And my fiance works in a private equity group. And he was talking about work, which is what I hear every day. And it's typically boring or mundane. And I found myself so interested in the conversation and so engaged as if I was on like Adderall or something. I felt so good, like, like almost like the missing piece or something like, and I was like, wow. And I had bought two bottles from the liquor store. So the next day I took another one and I was physically addicted to Kratom after I had tried it one time. Ever since I experienced taking Kratom once, I had used Kratom daily for almost a year. Like I did not have like, yes, the dosage had snowballed from one dose a day. Like, slow, you know, I was using one dose a day, one dose a day. And I was like, wow, this is getting expensive. This is like, it was like $9 a dose. This is getting expensive. But I was like, okay, like that's like $1,000 a year. Like I can handle that. And then one day, like I honestly don't even remember how it increased. I think one day I happened to take a second. And when I took that second, it was a completely different experience. I felt a little dizzy, a little lightheaded, a little drunk. Like I literally felt like I was like messed up and I was like, whoa. And I think from there I realized, oh, if you just take a little more, a little more, it's, it feels different. You know, like it was, it like, it got to the point where sometimes I would accidentally take too much and be seeing double and literally be dizzy. And it wasn't a pleasant experience. I felt sober and normal, but would be dizzy. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is literally so expensive. It's not even fun anymore because, you know, it slowly becomes an addiction because our brains get used to like the high amounts of dopamine that this drug is producing that you start to feel just kind of like normal or okay on the drug. You know, how people say how that other girl just said the drug turns on you. How, m- how many did you end up doing at the end per day? So it got up to a point where I was taking six doses a day. But I noticed if I would take six or more, I would actually throw up and, and throw up. So I started saying, so I started limiting myself to about four, but it was between four and six for my addiction. The last, I attempted to taper a couple times very unsuccessfully because I truly craved like the rush and the high. I I was able to taper down to four. (laughs) There was one day out of a year I did three and there was one day out of a year I did two. Like and that could have been running out because I'm on vacation or, or something like tapering. My, the last day I used, I used four. Um, so I'm a big fan of cold turkey, like promoting that to all the users out there. But everyone's different. And I know tapering does work for some people. So I want to be conscious of that. But for I also believe that tapering is perpetuating your withdrawal. Like you can be two days withdrawal, like you're almost there, keep going and and you're going to have a dose. You really, truly start over. You're not helping yourself in any way. So I think it's really important when you do decide to quit to get rid of all your product. And you know what? You might drive to the store and buy more and relapse and that's okay. Because as long as you're making progress, you're going to get there eventually and you're going to be able to quit because this was not an overnight thing for me. Like it did take nine months of me saying today's my last day and using six a day, continuing to use because that's the hold that this drug has on me or you or anyone. Like I didn't want to drive to the store. I didn't want to be making up excuses, sneaking behind my family and my partner's back to go get to go dose. But I truly would be dope sick without it. 
like like dope sick. It's just it blows my mind that this product is even on the shelves. Like it's so scary to me and horrific. Yeah. So did you- the specific product I took, but I also believe kratom in general is a huge issue. Yeah, you were. The, this is the feel free, the the blue bottle. Um, that's. But it's not really advertised as kratom. Like it's advertised as a kava drink, so a lot of people don't know. And it's sold at some healthy food stores, Sun Life Organics, Erwan. So, my therapist gave me the analogy: like it's as if you were shot up with heroin, like a trafficked human being. Like it's not my fault because, of course, there's a lot of shame that comes with having an addiction like this, and. You know, everyone out there, it's not your fault, truly. You know, our, your brain is doing what it thinks it's supposed to do when it gets that amount of dopamine. It thinks this is what I need to survive. This is what I need to survive. And then slowly, everything else in your life gets doled down, like the normal things that brought you pleasure, such as food. Yeah. I read a lot and read it. A lot of people stop eating food and just take Kratom. You know, and it's like the reverse happened for me. I actually gained weight, like 15 pounds. And I think it's because food became so unpalatable that I would eat like cup of noodles and crackers and just things that are horrible for you. But I know a lot of people have lost a lot of weight using the same product that I use because it just would kill your appetite and make you so nauseous, which it's like, why are we see? It's like, why are we using this drug that makes you feel nauseous and throw up every day? It's like, it's so crazy. Obviously people don't want to, it's that physically addicting to the body. Definitely. That. Um, so did, did you go through a phase where you try to moderate or was, or did you get right straight quickly to the phase, which is where I got was like, this will be my last day. And, 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 and was in that loop for a long time. I believe I did try to moderate. I actually started off like sipping half shots of the drink. And a couple months later, I would take the full dose. And then I would never not because I was like, I need to feel the rush. I'm spending money on this. I'm not going to like sip on it. Yeah. Um, but I tried to moderate. Like I tried to taper down to like one or two a day, I was never able to do it for even one day. I, I would buy an amount. I I could not taper. I Like my minimum was four. My body needed four to like not be depressed. Truly. Yeah. And then um, what got you to the place where you were able to quit? Kind of an interesting thing. One thing that I want to share is journaling. So we're now in June. I read my journal from January and I said, I'm two days off of Kratom. Like, please help me get through the third day. I can do this. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I look back and I have zero recollection of that. I don't remember trying to quit whatsoever. The one thing I wanted to do was quit before I had an international trip coming up. I went to Europe for work and the country I was going to Kratom was illegal. So I knew, I knew I could not, I can't risk bringing Kratom to a country on my company's dime because then I could get fired or or ruin my life or go to jail and get stuck in Europe. Like, Mm -hmm. so I was like, I had experienced withdrawal many times. Actually, you experience withdrawal on a daily basis every single morning. So I, but you know, I'd gotten to like maybe like 11 a.m. before and just felt horrific and then dosed and felt better. But I knew like I should probably quit before I go to Europe. Otherwise, I'm going to go through withdrawal. So my fiance also moved in right before and we moved into a new house And it was really, really, really stressful. We had to fix a lot of things. And I also decided to quit because we moved in together. And I did, and I had a lot of shame. I didn't want him to know about it. So I like went cold turkey after attempting to taper back a little bit. 
So I go cold turkey. We move in together. I'm not sleeping. I'm extremely stressed out. The move is stressful. We're fighting. I end up not sleeping for two, three days, but I'm not noticing like any withdrawal symptoms besides not sleeping. But I was actually very depressed and on edge and anxious. And I went to my parents' house and I cried hysterically and I just was like losing my mind. Like I literally felt as if I needed to go to a psychiatric 72-hour hold. Literally, I was like, something's wrong with me. Like I'm really, really not okay. I can't sleep. I'm depressed and I can't fucking sleep. And I broke down. And when I drove back to my new house, I bought the product and I dosed. And I felt a million times better. Looking back, I was in the thick of the withdrawal on day three. So, of course, dosing is going to feel amazing. Because I ended up sharing with a coworker, which is also like, I think step one is to tell somebody about the addiction because a a lot of people hide it, myself included. So, I told a coworker I was close with. And a week later, I was really embarrassed. I had relapsed, but I told her and I was like, I was feeling so horrible and I had a dose and I felt a lot better. And she goes, she has no idea about this Kratom crap. She goes, well, you know what? Maybe it's okay then. Like maybe it does help you. And I was like, you're right. So I start using, but I have my Europe trip coming up. So I'm using and abusing like literally until the flight I use and I head off. So I go to another country. The jet lag is bad. I'm noticing my appetite is garbage. I don't sleep. I'm having restless leg syndrome, like horrific. We do a lot of walking in my work. So I'm like, okay, I was on a plane for 10 hours. My legs didn't get blood flow. I walked 10 miles today. Like, And my coworkers go, oh, you need to put your legs against the wall. So I did that. That helped. Got up in the middle of the night, took a hot bath. Looking back, I was not sleeping. It wasn't due to the jet lag. It was because I was detox. It was become because I was withdrawing from kratom. That's why I wasn't sleeping. But it's funny because that was my first. That was so that was kind of like my second going through a quit withdrawal. So then, so but I'm functioning okay during the day because I'm just drinking a ton of caffeine and I'm powering through and mentally I was fine. So I want people to know like mentally, even though the withdrawal sucks, you can get through it. You will get through it. Like keep yourself busy, find a project, clean your house, do whatever it takes. But I was able to function and I actually did a good job on the work trip and, and, and everything. I wasn't feeling super depressed. I, the real thing was the sleep and the restless leg syndrome. But I didn't let myself get upset over it. I've dealt with sleep anxiety and and being like depressed over lack of sleep, but I just powered through, you know. Then, unfortunately, there was a family emergency and I had to come home. So I flew home and one of my family members was in the hospital and I just went straight to the store and used it as a crutch and just went right back into the addiction. And, you know, thank God everything is okay with that family member, but I really used and abused it because I was going through a hard situation. And I felt really guilty about that because my therapist said to me, I'm so proud of you, Savannah. Like, you haven't drank in over two years. And a lot of people would relapse going through this family emergency. And you haven't. And I just thought to myself, like, I'm a fraud because I'm using this Kratom thing and no one knows. And I'm, like, blowing through my money and just I don't want to be. And I and I, and I don't want to be spending my money, my time and energy. but. I truly couldn't handle the dope sick and the mental, like not only the dope sick is physical, but mentally I feel very, very, very depressed. And I think it's the chemical imbalance that's created by using Kratom. We use Kratom. Our brains are, and this is part, I learned this in the book, Alcohol Explained by William Porter, which is an amazing book. I highly recommend it. Also, Alcohol Explained too. Uh, by William Porter. Our brains are reactive. Our brains are not just like submissive. You know, we take 
a dose of Kratom and, and feel relaxed and get this huge dopamine rush. And our yeah. brains are like, oh my God, we feel really, really relaxed. We're not going to be able to function. I'm about to fall over. We need to balance this out. And, and that's called homeostasis. So then our brains produce its own stimulants, such as cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and adrenaline. So those get produced in order to balance out. Then the kratom that your body's already building a tolerance to, it just wears off. That stimulus our body has produced, the cortisol and the adrenaline is left over for a couple of hours. So that's what we're sitting with. Like we need the kratom to like balance out and feel normal because our bodies are producing these crazy amounts of stimulants to try and balance out. And it takes time to balance out. You're abusing your body with this drug. It's not going to be overnight. If you're abusing Kratom for a year, yeah, it might take three weeks to feel better. And that's, I totally understand that that's really scary and that's really hard to get through mentally. And that's why people need support such as our Reddit community, a therapist, telling a friend maybe going to an AA group or an NA group because honestly, some of my friends in my AA group have abused Kratom and shared about it and talked about it, talked about how they've been constipated for months and even off Kratom for months, can't get their gut back to normal. And it's like that I also kind of knew. So it's like I could, I should have been warned, but I was like, I'm not using Kratom. I'm having these feel-free herbal wellness drinks i'm not using kratom like from a smoke shop but like it there's absolutely no difference but yeah yeah um i i just wanted i heard you i i found the kratom addiction very lonely like nobody absolutely i there was nobody to tell and when i did mention the people they didn't know what it was and and unfortunately in my a group um um, maybe it was maybe older people. Um, they definitely didn't, hadn't heard of it. Um, but, um, so uh, I think that brings you up to your last quit after this family incident. Um, then what, what, what took place to when you finally like, um, stopped? Oh, quickly off what you were saying. Yeah. I agree that Kratom is very lonely and I think it's a, it's a bad thing. The good thing is thank God we're never going to go to a party and see Kratom there and be tempted. So that I think is, is the best part about that, right? Like you're not going to go to a wedding and people aren't cheersing Kratom and you're missing, like that is the best part. But the thing that sucks about it is I told my therapist who has a master's and a PhD who has taught addiction classes. She literally didn't even know what Kratom was. And this, this, my therapist has worked with addicts who have gone in and out of jail. And then I also have a psychiatrist who had not heard of the product I was talking about. This psychiatrist, he's in his 70s. He has one client in his entire career that used Kratom. And he said that that client said that it helped their pain management. So these per, and I live in Los Angeles as well. So these, yeah. these, people who are extremely educated on addiction don't even know what the hell this crap is. So yeah, it is a lonely addiction. Um, my even explaining to my family, I had to come clean about it and tell them and like they were so confused and I literally had to like have an emotional breakthrough and tell them the dirty details and everything. Like it was horrific. But I'm very grateful I did and that was step 1 of my real quit which was over 6 weeks ago. So I told my siblings and I told my mom. It was really hard. I was, it was really hard because this is a deep, dark secret. And I think all addicts lie. We all lie to ourselves. We're all in denial. And I was horrified of being judged, but I got really lucky that my mom and my therapist were extremely nice about it. And said it's not my fault. You know, I'm not sure if I shared earlier, but my therapist gave the analogy. It's as if I was trafficked and given a shot of heroin in the arm. You know, like I was basically, I feel tricked into this horrific addiction. The good thing about it, and I'll get into this, 
something that helped me. So, so I was abusing it heavily because of the family emergency. Yeah. Weeks have gone by. I'm spending thousands of dollars. I'm feeling like shit about it. I'm noticing the the drug isn't even working that well. Like I'm throwing up. I'm feeling so every day I felt so nauseous. Like I hated food and I was losing interest things in my life. I stopped working out when my fiance wanted to go get dinner. I literally would be like nodding out on the couch. Like, no, like I wouldn't want to eat or leave the house or do anything. And I had to take a dose just to go out to brunch with some friends. And I was so disgusted by that. And I told my therapist and she's like, it's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. Like everyone in life is just trying to figure out something that feels good. Like it's okay. Like, you know, but I know that there's a lot of shame with this and it's okay, you know, and you can, you can recover. So I was using and I wasn't enjoying it. And I was just like, I'm so fed up with this. I'm so fed up with this. And I was using it every weekend and just not feeling good, you know, bringing it, started bringing it on trips, but just like, and my use was increasing. Like I was just not getting what I wanted out of it. So I was using more and still not getting what I wanted out of it. And I just knew it was affecting my body because my skin was extremely dry and other people, and I had found the Reddit community quitting this product. And a lot of people had the same issues as me and finding the Reddit community opened my eyes because I was duped into thinking this was a wellness drink that's like sold at Erewhon. And then I saw that there was 200 people in the Reddit group who were taking similar amounts as me and suffering and sharing and talking about it. And I had realized I'd gone into withdrawal a couple times because I just wouldn't have it on a trip or something like that. And I felt horrible. And then when I dosed, I felt better. So it clicked. And I said, I'm addicted to this. Oh, my God. Like, I'm an alcoholic addicted to alcohol. Like, I'm addicted to this crap. And that's why I'm like, can't quit. So I decided to quit. And it was a Monday. And of course, the weekend before, I'm like doing tons, like I'm getting out of my system or whatever. And I'm like, this doesn't, e- this doesn't even feel good. Um, and I, um, so it was a Monday and I decided to quit. And I got some of the supplements people talk about, like vitamin C, magnesium, ashwagandha, just like a couple things. And that Monday, I also had remembered the one time I quit for three days, that first day I went to work, I felt really good. I felt great and focused and better than I ever had. And I felt relief, like, ugh, I don't have to like dose on this drug all day and feel sick, like it tastes like crap. And I told my coworker, I was like, I actually feel really good. But maybe I hadn't gone through the withdrawal yet. I don't really know. But on this Monday, my day one, like I would dose at like 9am. So it's like I went all the way to four o'clock and I, and I was doing a sauna and I was like, I feel good. But the voice in my head was like, oh, just try it, just try it, just try it, just have one, just have one. And I'm like, I've had one every day for a year. Like, why do I need to try it again? I've experienced this a million times, like it sucks. But I went out and I bought a couple and I drank it and I didn't feel any better. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel high. I didn't feel like life's great. I didn't feel that contentment I felt the first time I tried it. And then the next day, I did like my daily dose of four and I just felt depressed and anxious all day. And I was like, this isn't fun. This sucks. I'm pro, all I'm doing is prolonging my inevitable detox and withdrawal because this is no longer fun. So I'm just wasting money to feel like crap. So that Tuesday, I was actually mad at myself. I was like, if I had just quit Monday, I made it till four o'clock. If I just quit, I would have been like 36 hours. And now I'm like fucking like two hours or whatever. Like I was literally mad over the hours. And I that night I stopped at like 4 p.m. where I normally would stop at like 8 p.m. So I was like, I know I'm going to have a bad night. I'm going to go through a withdrawal. And I did. I had a bad night. I literally didn't care. I had restless legs. The next couple of the next day I came clean to my family. 
I felt so weird. Like I went to visit my family and I just felt like so weird because I was so used to the ritual of dosing on this every day that I just felt like a shell of a person. Mm -hmm. And I came clean about it and they were really confused and they were really worried and we all cried and you know, I'm a spiritual person. And I, I said, I, I promise to God, I will never touch Kratom again. Like this was horrific. You guys have no idea what I've gone through. It's been a horrific experience and I promise I'll never touch it again. And thank God I haven't. And I know in my heart I won't, but you know, like those first three days you don't sleep and you really do feel like on edge anxiety but I will share with all the listeners, anxiety will truly peak at 20 to 30 minutes. Like this too shall pass. Like you might feel uncomfortable, but like just sit there for 20, 30 minutes and distract yourself, call your grandma, do something and it'll go away. Like you are not going to feel like you're at your bottom all day during your withdrawal. You will have a couple of bright spots where you're going to feel okay. And like those moments of like hope, just hold on to that and like ride it through. And I've told everyone in our Reddit group too, like the only way out is through. You cannot go around this addiction, right? You can't start taking Kratom pills. You you can't, you know, and I even I want to share this as well. On my day one that Monday, I was so desperate and I have tried quitting so many times mentally and like literally couldn't get it past an hour. I read that someone had took in naltrexone and it helped and that they got it from a teledoc. And I literally did a teledoc and shared this whole story with a woman. And they're like, sorry, I can't help you. You need to find like a psychiatrist or something. Like you need to go to urgent care and be monitored if you take those drugs. I can't help you. And I was so upset. I just spent $50 on this doctor call. And I just said, screw it. I'm going cold turkey, you know. And there's nothing wrong with using meds. But I was too lazy to honestly go to urgent care and go through that. And I just was determined. And so those first three days really sucked, you know, tossing and turning, barely sleeping. Celsius energy drink really helped me a lot. Um, So I would have like one a day and that would give me like a boost in the morning and make me able to function and feel good. Um, wanting to be weary of other addictions though, such as caffeine, I've learned from my therapist, you know, if something is starting to get out of control, if you are building a tolerance, if you try and cut back and you are not able to, like those are signs of an addiction. And the other day I didn't have any Celsius and I was like, oh, I kind of want one. And I was like, no, and just made a green tea. So I realized like I'm not addicted to caffeine because if I was, I would have gotten the car and driven to the store and taken a Celsius. Um, And I, I didn't have caffeine last weekend and, you know, I felt completely fine. I had no withdrawal symptoms. So like I'm very weary of other addictions, you know, and things that are like, I'm really not a fan of nicotine as well. Like during my sobriety, I had like a five month period of, of, of using nicotine and that, similar to Kratom, really mess with my mental and physical health. And, th- you know, I'm clean from that over a year. No interest in that. And again, the book, Easy Way to Quit Vaping, An Easy Way for Women to Control Alcohol by Alan Carr are some good resources with um, educating yourself around what it does to you. Because when you really learn what Kratom does to you, you realize it does not give you energy. It is not relaxing. It is not fun. And it does not make you social. It does the opposite. It makes you isolated, zombie, sick, tired, lethargic. But it's easy to get hooked to. I mean, I got hooked after one time. So yeah. that, that first week, what seemed to help the most for your withdrawals? I'd have to say I told my therapist and she said you can't just stop you need to replace it with something like dark chocolate or like a celsius and I decided to replace my addiction like the time and energy with my addiction I decided to replace it with hot yoga 
And I thought hot yoga was like torture at first, but I realized the physical pain, it is all encompassing and it takes my mind to another place as if I'm on a drug. And you feel really good and relaxed after. So a combination of sauna and hot yoga. Hot yoga is very grounding and calming and nothing like it has helped my anxiety and depression. And my therapist says working out and doing hot yoga um, creates those neural pathways in your brain just like a drug. So I, as a drug addict, tell myself, this is a drug, this is a drug. And it is like, you know, I am very into hot yoga now. So I think whoever you are out there, you've got to find a hobby, something that's like healthy and makes you feel good. You know, we're all obsessed with instant gratification, but truly the way that you feel good is like putting in that work and reaping the benefits of what you sow, right? Like we all get DoorDash and we just get our food instantly, but like that hamburger and lettuce was planted and farmed and like that was a long process, but like we're all so used to the instant gratification. So it's like slow down. You got to get through this withdrawal. There's no way around it. You got to pay the piper, but your brain is going to rebalance and like it sucks. And it, for me, I was like, I'm grateful that this withdrawal sucks. Like I wanted the withdrawal drugs, which I did not get, but I was like, you know what? I'm glad I'm going through this because I will never relapse. This is fucking horrible, you know? And I don't want that to like scare people from going through withdrawal, but like, you're not going to sleep for like three or four days. You're going to be grouchy. But like, one thing I learned that I wish I learned early on was take a bath with Epsom magnesium salt that helps like the restless legs. Someone else on a compression leg, like literally I would invest a couple hundred dollars in a leg compression thing that like just because the restless legs is really uncomfortable, but people experience different symptoms withdrawal. They do. And addiction, right? Like other people, it, it kind of took them time to get addicted where, like I mentioned, like I just got addicted instantly. Uh, what I, It sounds like you used the subreddit, the quitting free, feel free and aid you in abstinence. The quitting feel free Reddit would be my number one. Like throughout my withdrawal, reading posts every single day. I've read almost every post, every comment. That's my number one. I've shared that with my therapist. People have shared the product that I use was actually seized by the FDA in Oklahoma a couple weeks ago. Psychology Today, which is like an extremely reputable psychology journal, has written articles about this product and how some guy in San Fran relapsed on alcohol because of this product. Mm -hmm. But the owner of the company is just like, Anything that feels good is addicting, sugar, coffee, sex, and it's like some fucking bullshit. I've had coffee a million times and I've never lied to my fiance about going and getting a coffee. Like, and it's really kind of sad because the owner of this company is a recovered alcoholic as well. So he's kind of preying on the people who are very vulnerable, which make me really sad yeah i i think it really trivializes the potency of kratom and kava and that, that combination when you know they will just say something like you can get addicted to anything you can you know there's a thing called water intoxication you know you know or if you do too much nutmeg get really um i mean i understand the whole narrative and the discourse about it because the reason it was going to be banned by the FDA and the DEA was concerns about addiction. And so it's inconvenient that the truth about the product is it has addictive qualities. During my withdrawal, like I mentioned, I really used that subreddit on, on Reddit, the quitting feel free. And one person had mentioned, I use hypnosis to help sleep. And I said, where? And they said, oh, there's free on Spotify, but I use this app. That was called, let me see what it's actually called. Um, 
hypnosis downloads where you actually have to pay for them. So hypnosis downloads is almost like a library of these doctors and neuroscientists that did all these different hypnosis on confidence, sleep, drugs, exercise, and you can buy the hypnosis, download them to your phone. So I actually didn't even try the Spotify. I went straight to buy one. So I spent like $14 and I got a sleep hypnosis because I wasn't sleeping. And I listened to it and and it actually worked for me. So... I did get like four hours of sleep that night. And anyone that's gone through this detox knows that that's major, right? So this sleep hypnosis really helped me and it taught me about sleep. Like you shouldn't try to fall asleep and fixate on it. Like you allow yourself to fall asleep. Like the daytime is for the thoughts and those thoughts are stimulants. And the nighttime is for cozy and just like allow yourself to fall asleep and it kind of talks and gets into like a dream like dream like chatter and your brain just goes off with it so i loved that and since then i've done another hypnosis on exercise because i'm committing my life to exercise because i look at exercise as medicine like going to hot yoga is a dose of medicine for my depression um this guy on the doctor's pharmacy podcast said if exercise was medicine, it would be the most powerful medicine in the world. So whether that's true or not, I drill that into my brain and doing hot yoga makes me feel good and going on runs make me feel good. And it's like, I just want to let everyone know that like that high for life and enjoying those experiences will come back when you are off Kratom. Um, Kratom steals the natural joy in your life because another thing my therapist shared with me was that the receptors in your brain that the drug responds to are just the strongest receptors there is. So truly everything else in your life is not going to be able to measure up and compare to that. And it's just going to like fade away. And all of my hobbies I had created from becoming sober had gone I had stopped playing beach volleyball. I had stopped um, painting. I had stopped doing my run club. And the only thing I did was like sit on the couch and be on Kratom because that's the only thing that would feel fun to my brain because the drug changes your brain that drastically. And it's really sad because that's kind of an esoteric concept that not a lot of people can understand but like I mentioned, I've read over a dozen books on addiction and I've been sober for over two years. Going to AA meetings, friends with people who've had creative addiction, friends with people who've been dope sick from other things. I told you friends with people who have had relapses and gone missing for five days. So I, I used to think, how the hell does that happen? But when I, when I started using Kratom addictively, I was like, wow, it makes sense to me. And I'm grateful that Kratom doesn't intoxicate you to the level of other substances. But that's another reason why people can kind of like get away with it. You can't really see it or tell. Like my family was like very confused and they're like, how could you have hid this for so long? And it's like, I don't even know how to answer that. Yeah, I mean... A lot of us, when we first take it, it, it does have some performance benefits, and at some point they fade. And then I, my, in the end, I was the same way. I would dose, and then I just literally lay on the couch and watch YouTube videos, and tell myself, "Well, you know, this afternoon I'll do whatever." And yet, all my hobbies and extra activities, you know, went away. So, well, um, how is your life today, kratom free? Oh my gosh. I might be on my pink cloud, but truly a million times better. I feel like Kratom was a roadblock in my life and in my therapy where I was like stuck. I was almost like in quicksand just surviving each day, which is so sad. I feel so much better. My favorite part about quitting Kratom is the fact that I'm able and willing, able and capable to get out of bed in the morning. I was lethargic on Kratom. I could not get out of bed. Getting out of bed was hell every day. I could barely get through the day. I was so zombie. And like I would take naps all the time. I have not taken a nap since I've 
quit Kratom over six weeks ago. And I can, ju- I wake up at like 7.30 before my alarm and I just get out of bed and have a normal day. Like having my normal, I have energy, having energy again. Like I did not realize how much of a zombie it made me. So that has helped. I have recently recovered my sense of smell. Oh, wow. Five weeks ago, uh, in five weeks into being sober. I noticed I could really smell the grass around me and perfumes and things like that. And I realized it had numbed out my senses so much that I had lost almost all my sense of smell. But I didn't realize until now. So getting my senses back, being able to enjoy a meal, like literally, like I had to eat before to just kind of like function. Now I can eat and and I enjoy it. So it's like, my life feels a million times better and I'm just so grateful and it sucks. I had to go through this experience, but I'm just so grateful because it's like what I told myself when I was like day five, I'm like, I never want to count sober days again. Like I remember quitting alcohol being like, it's been six days since I have had a drink. And like, I haven't had to do that in two years. Like, I don't even know how many days sober I am. And like, I never want to count days again because like life slows down and like withdrawal sucks so much. And like, no one understands unless you've been through it. It's just horrific, but it's doable. I did it cold turkey and thank God, thank God during my, I also want to say, Six to seven days off of feel free, I had zero cravings. And I wanted to share that because I thought that I was obsessed with this drug, that it was so much fun. I found the best thing. I was like, I wish I could quit, but still use it for concerts, just use it here and there. But I know myself and I know that it's so addicting, it's not possible. If I took it once and got addicted, I can't just like take it once. Yeah. But a week into being detox, I didn't have any cravings for it. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm healing. Like, I don't really, I don't need that. You know, it's because you start to feel good and normal. And then you realize like, when I was on Kratom, I was nauseous all the time and couldn't eat and I didn't want to do this or that. And I was so lazy. Like, so thank God, because I know a lot Yes. And it was so liberating. And a lot of people within the community do relapse within that four to 10 day window. So I just want to tell you all, don't start over. You don't want to go back to day one, like get through it. And it's like, if you feel like, oh my God, I'm having a craving, give yourself a 20 minute timer, go eat a fucking piece of chocolate. After that 20 minutes, if you still really want it, like, go ahead. I even told someone on Reddit, I'm like, go ahead and drink a case. Like, have fun feeling lethargic all day. Like, this shit sucks. Like, have fun being nauseous and throwing up. Like, I remember, like, cleaning my bathroom and there's, like, throw up everywhere that looks like the product. Like, because that's what was just in my stomach all the time. And it's disgusting. I'm just so grossed out by Kratom. And I can I can attest I it, I relapsed around five to seven days three times before my final quit. So what is your best advice for someone getting ready to quit kratom? Oof, I thought about this one. I guess I would have to say to join that Reddit group. Like there was a couple people I would message and people that I don't even have much in common with who who helped me because I would say things like Is your life better now? Are you happy? And they would say Yes, it's much better. So, you know, like that gave me hope. So I would say find a community and that could be an online AA meeting, something, a counselor. Um, I know my company offers free counselor anonymous for anything, which I have called before about other things. Um, And then I would also say get rid of all your product. None of that in the house for real. There's just no way this stuff. So I could have never quit having product around. So either finish your stash, get rid of it, cancel your subscription, cancel whatever. And then the last thing, as hard as it is, I think you do need to tell one person, tell somebody that you trust. And I know that that's really hard, but I think that that for me, it made it real and it made it 
accountability. Like you need to admit it to yourself and you need to admit it to someone else. And you don't have to share the dirty details. I didn't want to share with my family the amount of money I spent on my addiction. But funny enough, I had an epiphany recently that I did need to come clean and I did share with them. And it's okay. You know, I feel better. Like, I just feel like there's no secrets anymore and it's off my chest and I can move on and I've grown and it sucks I went through this, but you know, thank God I didn't end up in the hospital. I didn't end up in rehab and a lot of people do and that's okay too. You know, like if you need to go to rehab to get off of Kratom, do it. I would have done it. I mean, I even tried to get naltrexone or whatever. So if you need to go to rehab, there's no shame in that. Um, this was harder to quit than alcohol, than nicotine. It's just, I don't know enough about this compound and the brain, but thank God I didn't have to go to rehab. But if you do need yeah. to go, do it up. In, a, in the introduction, I had mentioned this concept of the fab. Um, could you explain that a little bit more? Yes. So reading the book Alcohol Explained by William Porter, there's a scientific factual theory. And I shared with you the um, credits because it was like realized in 97. So it's called Fading Effects Bias. So this is how the brain works over time. Over time, your brain has selective memory and it's going to remember the positive experiences. This is because your brain wants you to be happy and protected. So when you are throwing up, when you are dizzy and can't walk on Kratom and when you feel like shit and all these things, these are traumatizing experiences for you and your brain. And you're over time, your brain forgets those experiences and it blocks them out. Um, and it does that to protect you. So when you're feeling good and it's two years later, first of all, you're feeling good because you're off Kratom. Second of all, your brain has forgotten what that withdrawal was like and how horrible yeah. it was. And you might want to dabble in it because you want the rush or like whatever it is. But I will just tell you something. What that rush is, is your body producing over 150 amount the times of dopamine as having sex or having a nice meal would be. So you're quickly, the brain does not forget addiction. Those neural pathways, they might not be in use like a closed road, but then the road opens up and, and it's a highway, right? When you start using. so. If, if you if you start using again, that addiction is just going to get worse. So it's like always to remind yourself. So that's why I journal. And that's why I said I'm shocked. Like, oh, I tried to quit in January. I don't even I don't remember. It must have been a shitty experience because my brain literally blacked it out. Like that is an example like I, I mentioned earlier. So so that's why I journal and I have a journal. And since my day one of Kratom, I've written about it. And how I was feeling and things. And that way I can go back and remember. Um, and one thing that I love is I was on my lunch break at work and I was walking back to the office and I was like, oh my God, I'm literally just walking back to work right now. Before all I was thinking is I need to go walk two blocks and get a dose and get on it and go back. And I don't know if I feel good. Like the amount of space that this addiction took up in my brain was so much. There's no space to do other things. like. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll share those books and that reference. So you'd like to add before we end the conversation. Just thank you. I like, thank you so much for the opportunity to share. This was really hard for me. This is not something that I share with like too many people. It's something that I really want for the community so that they can understand like, and have someone to relate to and maybe start to do some of those things that helped me. Um, I'm really proud of you. Congratulations on your 85 days or however incredible. You must be feeling amazing too. So, and just thank you for coming out with the podcast. So now the community has something else as a resource because like I said, my doctors didn't even know about this, this yeah. addiction. 
create them in the headlines. Uh, feel free. The tonic that Savannah talked about had its time in the spotlight this week. It was mentioned on the podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, and it was also talked about on the Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. The headline of this article, which is from an online gossip rag called We Got This Covered, quote, it just gets you high, unquote. Fans issue a PSA after Rob McEnany name drops feel free. A fan on the Always Sunny forum said, the high that the actor speaks of is from the herb Kratom, which essentially replicates the effects of morphine and can not only be addictive, but can be dangerous when taken in conjunction with other drugs, particularly sedatives. Sorry to be an art gang, the poster said, but this stuff is dangerous for people who may be prone to addiction or who are using other drugs for medicinal or recreational purposes. I was disappointed to hear them discuss it on the podcast without knowing what it actually is. One of the main issues, as Savannah talked about with this product, is that it really downplayed the kratom ingredients for a long time. If you look on the Wayback Machine for the company that sells this, it looks like the Feel Free drinks started out in November of 2020, which was a good time. It was at the end of the first six months of the pandemic. And on the website, the initial website, there's no place to read about ingredients. Only references um, plant-based ancient plants. It doesn't even really talk about kava. The next um, screenshot on the Wayback Machine from November 2021, relaxing activities that pair well with Kava Kava, uh, botanic tonics and Kava come together to redefine the euphoric drink, how to make Kava your new post-workout recovery drink, trouble sleeping, Kava here is here to help, botanic tonics brings Kava to your mellow out routine. At this time, there's no warning at the bottom, which there is later in the Wayback Machine. So the next screenshot is from December 2022, which was just six months ago. And at this point at the bottom, there is a warning. Uh, Note, anything that makes you feel good can become habit forming, including alcohol, caffeine, sugar, and feel free. Now there is a spot um, to look up the ingredients. It says that what they now call the classic product has 2,600 milligrams blend of kava root extract and kratom leaf. It doesn't say specifically how much kratom is in there, but it is indicating that there is kratom. Then the last uh, screenshot, uh, they actually post on the website analysis of the ingredients in a much more detailed way. The feel-free products that are sold now, there's two versions, actually. There's a classic version, which has the Kratom, and a new version that only contains kava, cola nut, lion's mane, and redola. So the ingredients now have more specificity. It says the kava is 1,700 milligrams, and the Kratom is 3,500. The resource of the week is going to be the books and the hypnosis items that Savannah um, talked about. I'll put those in the show notes. And I'm going to give you three things that really worked with me um, when I was withdrawing. Uh, The first thing during the day when I needed a dopamine hit, when I was really feeling down and out, I found that I could really count on a mood uplift by eating like a quarter of a dark piece of chocolate bar, along with the mini Coke bottles. These are the ones from Mexico, so they have cane sugar in them. I think it's got like eight or ten ounces. Uh, not, a, well, not one of their full bottles. I get a six-pack of the mini Mexican Cokes. Between the chocolate bar, which was like 200 calories, and then the mini Coke, which was about 100 calories, 
it would reliably give me a major mood uplift. The second thing I highly recommend is a walks. You can either, and I, I do walks on, in two different circumstances. If it was late at night and I just wasn't sleeping past midnight, even I would go for a very long walk, almost an hour long because it was, it was better than just laying there in bed. It took some effort, especially when you're depressed and not feeling very much energy early on, but it's a big accomplishment to get out and do such a long walk. Um, I also would do walks during the day when I was working at work projects and I would just walk around the block and then do five minutes of work, then walk around the block and then do 10 minutes of work time during the day when I was having anxiety while I was withdrawing from Kratom. And last but not least, uh, the thing that I found the most help was, especially at night, was taking a quick cold shower and also having, at the same time, a bath drawn of hot water. And then after the couple of minutes in the cold, I, then I would plunge into the warm bath. And especially after a long walk at night, uh, that would put me to bed pretty quickly and I would be sleepy and then I could enjoy the night off. <laughs> All right. That brings the show to the conclusion of this episode. I appreciate you listening to get a shout out for a creative anniversary on air, or if you want to share something for a future show, please leave a voicemail message at 313-437-7720 or send an email or audio file to kratom sobriety at gmail.com. We are also at kratom sobriety at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And until next week, keep it kratom free. 